Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely Dorado, Puerto Rico. Julie, welcome to today's show. Yes, thank you. It is indeed a little bit odd being in 85 degrees during the holidays, but that's okay. I can deal. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Just have to remember to do <laughs> Christmas right. shopping. That's all. It's all good. So we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, and we're talking about how to improve your credit score, how to basically learn about it for your own use, but also for counseling your coaching or your coaching clients, listen to me, your real estate clients on how to improve their credit scores. And this is part of a series that we're doing um, that is designed to make you feel more comfortable, comfortable, more literate when you're talking to real estate clients. Now, I realize you are not going to be having to get into the weeds that frequently talking about credit scores and whatnot because you're not, most of you are not mortgage loan officers. And I understand completely that some of you might think this is a little bit academic for you, but here's the difference between the professionals and the people that are hacks. The professionals have at least a high-level understanding of a variety of topics that their clients might need to know about. So you're stuck in a you know conversation that you know, Starbucks and you know, talking about real estate, and then someone asks you a credit question, and you know they kind of know the answer because they've already researched it, and then you give them an a, you opposed to you wing it basically, and they know you're full of it. They know you're lying. They know you're a hack because you did not have a literate professional explanation for or an answer to their question. You understand? In order for you to feel confident talking about real estate, in order for you to feel confident letting people know that you're a real estate professional, you have to have a high level of competency about a variety of topics that pertain to real estate. And until you do, you will be one of these what we call secret agents. So the only way for you to combat against that is to at least have a high level understanding or at least a conversation uh, ability to converse about topics like what we're going to be presenting to you guys for the rest of this week, right? That is our purpose. That is our intent. The more confident you are, the more likely you are to become uh, someone that looks for conversations and opportunities to be of service to people, opposed to just one of these agents that just shrinks away and hoping and praying some lead pops up, hoping and praying they can buy a buyer lead, basically being a hack. You guys get the difference here? Hopefully you do. So along those lines, I want to remind all of you, that if you have not yet downloaded your real estate treasure map, it's not too late for you to do so. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Julie? Yes, so the goal is for your list of things that you do know how to talk about to be longer than the things that you say, oh, I don't do that. I don't do, you know, I don't do commercial. I don't do short sales. I don't do BPOs. I don't do credit counseling. No, 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 no. I'm not asking you to have to do all of these things, but you should be able, Tim, to your point, to speak about it, to say, yes, it would be my pleasure to help you with that. Okay? So um, we left off yesterday after talking about the very specific bits and pieces that actually build a credit score. Most of your clients and many of you listening until yesterday thought that it was basically how well you have pay everything off, right? Are you on time with your payments? 
And that's certainly critical. It is the biggest piece. It's 35%. But we talked about the other things. <clears throat> so if you missed yesterday, let's make sure that you get caught up with that. Today we're going to talk about how to actually improve your credit. It, it, there is a bit of a, uh, almost like a gamesmanship to it because there is no, you know, follow this path A, B, and C, and, uh, you know, then all of a sudden you're going to have an 800 score. It doesn't work that way. I wish it did. That would be a lot easier, and a lot of your deals would not come unglued at the 11th hour. Yesterday we talked, I think probably the most important thing yesterday that we talked about was what many of you guys, especially the grizzled veterans out there, what many of you have run into prior to closing. The underwriter calls the loan officer, the loan officer calls you. We have a problem. Their credit has changed since application. Why was that? It's because they got all geeked up. They're buying a house, whether they're moving up or their first time. It happens to everyone. New construction, doesn't matter. They're buying a house. What do they do? They go get a credit card at Home Depot. If they live near water, they go and apply for a, a loan on a boat or maybe an RV. They go to another furniture warehouse store. They get a credit card for that. And all of a sudden, they have wrecked the thing in their credit, which is both the credit mixture, which we talked about yesterday, as well as new credit applied for. And we talked about how new credit applied for all at once can absolutely drag down your score almost immediately. So be careful. What do you do about this? You have to counsel your buyers, even if they're your listings who are also buying with you, even if they have bought and sold with you three or four times and this is their whatever, their sixth or seventh house, doesn't matter. Counsel them that between now and closing, it's important that you do not open any new credit lines. Just don't do it. Wait until after closing. There's another little strange thing that I used to encounter all the time, like surprisingly all the time. They stop making their mortgage payment. Because they figure, I'm closing in 30 days, then the closing gets delayed to 45 days, and now they're late two weeks, and they've just wrecked their credit. They're going to have a harder time buying with you. Or maybe it's not that they can't buy, but they're not going to get the loan program that they thought they would. They're not going to get the payment, the interest rate, points, no points, whatever that they thought, because of this simple thing that they – two simple things. One is keep making your mortgage payment. It's going to be prorated in the end anyway. Same thing with property tax, anything that could hurt your credit, even the homeowners association, all of those things report or potentially report and don't open a bunch of new credit lines because that actually affects two things, your mixture of credit and your, uh, your newly applied for credit. And, and there can be a third spinoff from that, which is people checking your credit to give you credit, which affects the next section, how many times people have checked your credit. So this is not good. No bueno advise your clients. You might even have a one-page lead behind. They get in, into contract, and you're going to make sure they signed that they read this and understand. So yes, you're protecting them, but I as head coach here am protecting you <laughs> from the uh, problems that your own deals can create for you by screwing up credit issues. All right, so moving on. We have reduce the amount of debt you owe. How are, how are you going to improve your score? So one of the things you can do is reduce the amount of debt you owe. This does not mean that you have to pay everything off to improve your credit. You're going to improve your balances, ideally down to, a, you know, as long as you get it down to owing 30% or less, it's going to help you. And many studies have shown that you're actually better off to keep balances that you're paying regularly than to actually pay it off, because once it's paid off, if you don't use it again, you are now reducing your credit history. Do you see how all of this is slightly twisted? You fix one thing, 
you create another problem. Next point here is to keep the balances low on credit cards and other revolving debt. The higher the outstanding debt is, the more negatively your credit score will be affected. But again, it's not down to zero. It's roughly 30% or less. Next, this is critical too. Pay off debt rather than moving it around. The most effective way to improve your credit score in this area is by paying down your revolving especially credit card debt. In fact, owing the same amount but having fewer open accounts may lower your scores. Come up with a payment plan that puts most of your payment budget towards the highest interest rate cards first while maintaining minimum payments on your other accounts. Sometimes you can negotiate, stretch out, change your minimum payments if you talk to them. I'm not guaranteeing this. on. I'm not a credit counselor, but this can be modified a little bit. Right? So have an actual plan. Next, don't actually close your unused cards. This is another little-known credit fact. Don't close your unused credit cards as a short-term strategy to raise your scores. You've just eliminated some credit history. Now, take that with a grain of salt. If you've got 20 open lines of credit and five of them are not in use, you know, you can close some of that because you don't want to have too many open lines. It's like you've got to have a balance between this stuff. But generally, you don't want to close it. You just want to keep it so that it's, it exists, but it's paid off, or you have a low balance that you can pay off easily every month. Next is don't open several new cards you don't need to increase your available credit. This approach oftentimes backfires and actually lowers your credit scores. Counterintuitive, right? You have three new credit cards. There's no balance on them. There's no history. You haven't been good or bad. Why would that decrease your credit? Because now you've opened three new lines in a short amount of time. What does that say to a loss mitigation manager that's looking at credit? That means, oh, I wonder why somebody does that. Why do they do that? So they can increase their available credit. Why would they want to do that? Well, maybe they know they're going to be laid off in six months. I don't know if we, you know, there's all this stuff that goes on behind the scenes that lowers your credit potentially. So, Tim, I'm going to toss it back to you for a second. That's most of my notes on credit. I think, the again, the most important thing is to counsel your own clients not to screw it up. I have put this in a format for our premier coaching clients that they can actually turn this whole, most of the script, you know, they're going to put their logo and put it on their own uh, letterhead and maybe use this as a post-in-contract congratulations, did you know this about credit? Be careful. Don't mess it up before closing type of thing, sort of a value add. So back to you. Okay, so thank you for your credit dissertation, Julie. I'm sure you want a lot of credit for your credit oh. dissertation. And, and okay, you know, maybe it will improve my score. And, due credit is, <laughs> and, credit, and credit is due to you for the credit. Okay, enough of that. All right, so <laughs> here it is. We are entering into, obviously, a new year. And I know some of you are listening to this in replay. A lot of you guys listen to our podcast in replay. But here's some interesting little tidbit for you. Just in the last recording period, we've had almost 7 million streams and downloads, which makes this the number one listen to daily podcast probably in the world for real estate agents. I don't think anyone else in the world would be insane enough to try to do a daily podcast for real estate agents, so I don't think we have a lot of competitors, so take that um, with a grain of salt. And we really sincerely appreciate all of you for helping our uh, this podcast to reach the levels that it has. I can't say that I'm surprised as much as I am, um, I, and frankly, as much as I feel in gratitude towards you guys. 
And the reason is is because the message that Julie and I have been saying on this podcast for years in our coaching business hasn't been something that would have been that's heard anyplace else. And I'm, you know, just being completely transparent with you guys, there's been many times when Julie and I have questioned our sanity for being as yeah. honest uh, with all of you about what we that's thought true. about the real estate industry because we've had so many other people that would be, you know, trying to mix it up with us online and whatnot trying to pigeonhole us as being, you know, outdated or trying to pigeonhole us for not, like, being wrapped up in social and all these other things. And we stayed true to our message, and we stayed true to our message for years, like years and years. And it's fascinating for me from um, a perspective of, uh, you know, that we have to see all these things that we've been rallying against for all these years come to an end. We've seen – Julie and I have been warning you guys not to be stuck in the paradigm of buying buyer leads, and now it's happening. The big buyer lead buying trend is basically coming to an end. We told you two or three years ago that it wasn't sustainable business practice. Well, actually, probably like at least probably five, six, seven, almost ten years ago, we told you it was going to be a problem, but that's before it actually reached its summit, which it did um, probably about two or three years ago when we saw that many of you were getting into the business and only knew how to buy buyer leads. And that was shocking to us. It was scary. Uh, when we, Julie and I would do uh, live events, and we'd hear the office managers and the brokers tell you know, their agents to essentially go to Zillow and buy leads or go to this portal and buy buyer leads. That just has always seemed insane to us for a whole variety of reasons, the biggest one being buyer leads is the easiest things in the world to get. But second of all, why aren't you learning how to go out and get your own business? You'll never be independent. You'll never be independent if you stay dependent on other people writing you leads. Well, guess what? All that has come to an end or is coming to an end. Um, we have uh, Zillow, for example. The uh, Premier Agent Program is effectively over. They're no longer going to be selling leads directly just to random agents. They're closing their call centers all over the country, which is good because you guys won't be getting telemarketing calls from uh, Zillow people anymore. You're, they're going to be essentially refocusing all their energies on the iBuyer thing, and they're going to be just hand-selecting agents who are going to be getting these buyer leads. And then even those agents are going to have to jump through a whole bunch of hoops constantly just to keep getting the buyer leads. And, oh, yeah, the buyer leads are 35% referral fees. The whole thing from an agent's perspective is insane. It just is. And so we've warned you guys not to basically, you know, hit your wagon to that stupid idea. The teams thing is another thing that we've been talking about forever, telling you to avoid the temptation of thinking that you're, you know, you're essential. You have to build a team. A lot of you have been seduced into that mythical thinking about the fact that you can hire people and delegate all the things, you know, just all the silliness. No one ever told you that the fact is, is that if you want to make a profit in your business, a team is pretty much the worst thing you can do. We said this for years. We've done the math for you. We've had people on the podcast. I have a great uh, guest named uh, Don Yoakum, who used to own a ton of Keller Williams offices, who's deeply, more than Julie and I have studied the whole the team model. And he basically came to the conclusion the team model never worked, didn't work in the first place, and is even worse now. Um, we told you guys, and we did our best. And I hate to say I told you so because we sound like asses saying it, but I want you to understand 
that if your goal is to make profit and with that profit reinvest it so you become rich in real estate, you're not going to do it through a team. It's just not going to happen. You might do transactions and get awards and maybe even have good dollar volume, but I promise you guys are not going to be making any profit. And with that profit, you reinvest it and you become rich. So if you find yourself essentially rounding the bend on another physical year and you haven't gotten where you wanted to get financially, well, chances are it's because you didn't hear us when we told you guys that the team model was an exercise in futility years ago. And let's go this another little suggestion for all of you to consider. When you look at the idea of basically building your business around buyers, that's insane as well because the reality of it is is that we're starting to see very good reasons. And when would, when we warn you about this, three, five years ago, the buyer's agency as a thing was probably going to come to an end. The entitlement that you have as an agent that you will always be getting paid a 3% commission or 2.5% commission when you represent the buyer, that the seller is always going to pay it. We told you guys that this was probably not something that was going to last. We saw lots of reasons to believe that that whole concept, the you know buyer's agents being titled to half the commission, was going to come to an end. And it is. And a lot of these new tech companies that you're seeing emerge, they're going to essentially make it so that sellers are going to start questioning why they have to just automatically pay that 25 to 3%. Why are they having to be forced to pay it, coerced to pay it? Guys, it's going to end, I promise you. And if your business is built around buyers, if your business is not built around becoming a strong listing agent, staying a strong listing agent, chances are you're not going to be in the business in the next 12 months. Those of you who are worried about tech companies and iBuyers and you're worried about all these other types of things, the only answer you have is to learn, is learn how to become a powerful listing agent and stay a powerful listing agent. These are all facts. You can't really question what I'm saying at this point if you just look at the numbers that, w that we've been associating with you guys or that we've been telling you about for all this time. So, look, here it is. We're rounding the bend. You have hopefully listened to this podcast for a long period of time. What I want you to do is force yourself to be introspective about the things you've done right this year. And don't be overly congratulatory of your successes because that's a mistake too. But also the flip side to it is don't be beating yourself up too much if you found yourself at the end of this you know, 2019 and realizing you haven't gotten as far down the road as you thought you would financially. Maybe you haven't moved the needle for yourself financially. The simple fact is, is maybe you've been following a bad business model. The bad business model is any business model that does not lead with the idea that you're going to make profit. Okay? You're stuck right now in many ecosystems, many brokerages. You're stuck in, with a series of uh, thoughts and beliefs that are probably not going to result in you ever having any financial independence. And everyone around you is stuck in that same paradigm. These things happen. They're trends. These big trends with teams, these big trends with marketing, with these big, big trends with social networking. How many of you were in the business back when social networking and Facebook? Julie and I were pre-IPO investors in Facebook. So we know how long the, all these social, market, social networking ideas have been around, and we've seen essentially how everyone just assumed social was going to replace all other forms of communication. Well, here's a snotty question for you. How'd that work out? Didn't, did it? The agents that are still dominating the business are the ones that are willing to pick up the phone and do the real work of a sales professional. You have to ultimately be responsible for the decisions that you make. And if you do not like where you are financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and all the rest, then you have to accept the fact it's because of the series of decisions that you made yesterday, maybe 10 years ago. This time of year is perfect for you to hit the hard reset button on your life. This, you have to do that. Even Here's a suggestion if we are personally coaching you that we would tell you to consider doing. Everything 
everything needs to be questioned this time of year. Seriously, everything. Put everything through because what happens is when you start doing that, I'll give you some examples. You're going to find all these areas in your life where you're complacent. For example, you might, you know, maybe you need to question how you look. I'm just saying. Maybe, for example, your wardrobe needs a little bit of updating, or maybe you need to lose some weight, or maybe that haircut that you designed that you got, you know, you rocked out in the 80s is maybe not working for you in 2020. You know, that's a silly example. All those are, but they're a good example because what happens is all of us fall into these same predictable patterns, and we never actually force ourselves to change, evolve. If you wake up every morning in the same environment, wear the same clothes, do the same thing, have the same everything. How are you ever going to make room for any new thoughts? How are you ever going to make room for a new version of yourself where you can start experiencing things that you've always dreamed of experiencing or used to dream of experiencing but you haven't yet? So what I want all of you guys to consider doing is actually taking this year's business plan, as in 2020's business plan, serious. Do this on a higher level than you've ever done it before. And by doing that, what you're going to have is an exact roadmap of how you can move forward. And there's built into this business plan, and it's free. We're going to give it to you. It's the exact step-by-step, you know, what you've been needing, step-by-step plan to accomplish your goals. So here's all you have to do is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Um, and look, I have a, I'm going to give you guys, a, a, for example, of a, a call that I received the other day. And this call has been bouncing around in my brain, um, you know, by the other day, it's like probably two, three weeks ago. But, I haven't, but I've been thinking about it because it's, it's essentially refortified some of the rants that Julie and I have been sharing with you guys on occasion. And here's essentially effectively how the call went. The guy was the same exact age as me. He was 49. I'm not going to mention his name. And he and I were having this conversation. He had, a, he had built a large team in a really nice uh, market. He had done lots of production. The call when we started, he wanted to have, hire me as his personal um, coaching client or, you know, to be his personal coach. And the call started out by him just telling me about all of his awards and all of this, this is and the other things and the plaques and the this is and the this is and the other things. And just, he went on and on and on. I mean, he had... It's like the guy spent half his life on the stage receiving some plaque or some acknowledgement, and this was obviously a big deal to him. And then I asked him, I said, so, and kind of, you know, I wanted to challenge him. I said, so based on all of your production, based on all the awards and banquet and plaques and da 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 that you've received over the years, you must be really, really rich with like, you know, millions of dollars in the bank and, you know, no debt and all this. And then I heard nothing. Because he wasn't expecting that. He was expecting me to kiss his ass and acknowledge all of his amazing awards and congratulate him. That's what he was expecting me to do because everybody else in his life did just that. They placated him constantly. He knew somewhat what he was setting himself up for when he got on the call with me because he's a podcast listener. <laughs> but ultimately, what happened was he didn't say anything. You know, I have these, uh, this, this type of thing happens to me on a fairly regular occasion on phone calls with you guys where I cause you to think. I shock you. And I know what you're thinking. Should I hang up on this guy? Should I cuss him out? Or should I just basically let my ego down, you know, just set it aside for a second and actually listen? And that's when he told me, and his voice changed. He went from this sort of barky tone, and then I had this plaque and this award, and I had this team, and we had billboards, and you might know me for my billboards and moving trucks and that kind of approach, to when I asked him the secondary question. Remember, he's 49. Then he got really quiet. 
That's the reason he wanted me to uh, wanted to hire me as his coach because he knows that he's wasted, wasted listeners, wasted years of his life chasing the wrong goal. We talk about this in the podcast. If given a choice when you were young, if you could be rich or you could be famous, which would you choose? Everyone intuitively says rich, but nobody does it. Everyone tries to be famous. And all these fools out there telling you that that's the goal you're supposed to achieve, right? You're supposed to be a social networker. You're supposed to be an influencer. You're supposed to text. You're supposed to Facebook. You're supposed to do all this stuff. You're supposed to do postcards. You're supposed to be the mayor of your town. You're supposed to – all that is is ego garbage. It does not correlate to actual profit and and building wealth. So if given a choice when you're young to be rich and free, people always say rich. Ask this question a million times at live events. And yet everyone chooses to be famous. And then when I ask the same question of someone when they're older, 49, for example, and I ask them the same question, they all know that they would have chosen it, that they should have chosen rich when they were younger, and they want to choose rich now. Because all that other stuff is just you choosing to be manipulated, right? That's a simple fact, and I'm going to leave that for you to think about. But here's the bottom line. The purpose of you being in business is primarily to be of service to other people, but also right up there with being of service to other people is make profit. The only way you're going to make profit in your business is if you actually provide a a very, very high level of service that other people are willing to pay for. The higher level of service that that you provide, the more complicated of a problem that you know how to solve, here's another way of thinking of it, the more money you're going to make. Right? Think about that. There's a direct correlation between the number of people you help solve their problems and the amount of everything you're allowed to experience in life. And if you're somebody that does not know how to solve seller problems, which, by the way, will be the conversation du jour for the next probably three to five years, because you're going to start seeing more and more people talk about real estate depreciation again, which we have been warning you about. Sorry for this sounding like, you know, I told you so, Call, but, you know, but your podcast, but there it is. We absolutely have been ahead of our skis many times telling you guys the market's changing. And now what's happened is the market's changed. L.A., Orange County, Oregon, Seattle, all the coastal areas. And you, many of you aren't in the business long enough to know what happens, but a real estate slowdown always happens in the coasts and works its way in. That's what happens, and that's what's going to happen. And if you don't have the ability to have conversations with sellers to help solve their problems, you're not going to be relevant for all the other reasons that I stated. And if you've only been in this business long enough to basically know how to buy leads and you think you're supposed to be part of a team and brand and be a, you know influencer, and none of what I'm telling you resonates with you. You don't even understand what I'm saying. You better start seriously thinking about a different career path because you won't make it. This business, especially the cycle we're entering into, is about professionals that know how to solve other people's problems. I'm not talking about negotiating, guys. I'm talking about actually helping a seller sell the unsellable house. I'm talking about knowing how to compete. I'm talking about having, knowing how to compete for a listing where you have no contact with that seller. They're effectively a stranger to you. How to get prices down. How to keep ha- sellers happy when it takes months to sell properties. How to have conversations with sellers where you explain to them without them wanting to shoot you why they're going to be losing you know, tens of thousands and in some case millions of dollars on their real estate to sell it. Those are the types of complicated conversations that will result in you making a lot of money because you're providing a high level of service to other people. But it, none of it matters unless you're leading with profit. So I want you to seriously consider downloading our real estate treasure map. And all you've got to do is text the word Harris 
H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And you will be given an instant download of our real estate treasure map. Complete that business plan immediately. And do the math. There's lots of fill-in-the-blank maps. You're going to have to know your numbers. You probably, most people I've done this with on um, coaching calls, they guess. Don't guess. Get into your MX bill. Get into your credit cards. Get into your everything. Look at your credit statements. Consider getting an account with Mint who tracks all that stuff for you financially. Do all this money stuff and have a complete and total understanding of what your financial situation is. Do a true net worth statement. Do all the things that we ask you to do and do in the real estate treasure map. And then on the other side of that, you are going to have basically automatically you're going to be operating on a different level. You're not going to be like everybody else who's just filled out these silly one-page business plans. You've actually created your own real true roadmap to your financial future. That's exciting. Well, it might not seem exciting. I mean, money for most people is one of the highest level. It causes the most anxiety. But by putting it all on paper and then having a conversation you know, within your family about the true numbers, then you can actually start moving forward. And this is the whole point of being in business. At least it should be. It shouldn't just be about, you know, essentially ego stuff. That stuff wears thin. That was the point I was trying to make. When you're older and not even that much older and older than 49 or older than 50, you know what I'm saying is true. Pursuing these false prophets of ego garbage will make you miserable because they will never give you what, they think, what you think they're going to give you. There is never profit on the other side of the ego stuff. There's just more desire for more ego stuff. Be a professional. Make next year your best year ever in the truest sense, not just because you sold more houses and maybe did more volume, but because you actually increased your net worth, because you actually improved the other five levels or five categories in your life in a meaningful way. Start with the real estate treasure map, guys. It'll get you at least to the, you know, give you, help you create a plan to move forward. Download uh, the real estate treasure map now. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996. All right, guys, so there it is. Do that now. That's your homework. Get on it. And in the meantime, I think we have uh, a new topic that starts tomorrow. Do me a favor. Help to maintain this uh, podcast status as being the number one daily listen-to podcast for agents. Uh, do share this podcast with other folks, if you don't mind. Uh, do give us a five – don't wimp out and give us a little wimpy four-star review on iTunes. Now, come on. You know you want to give us a five-star review. So go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, if you're listening on Stitcher, same thing. Help us get the word out. Uh, help us help all these other agents, you know, starting with you, avoid the unnecessary pain and drama of a changing market. It, isn't that, doesn't that sound like the moral thing to do is for if, if you are walking along the side of a road and you see somebody that's going to accidentally fall in front of a bus – don't you have a moral, almost intuitive obligation to grab hold of that person and pull them out from in front of that you know, speeding bus? You do, right? You would do it without thinking about it. At least you think you would, and I'm going to assume you would. You're going to save that person. Don't know them, have no connection with them, but you're going to save their life just because you can, right? That's what I'm trying to do for you guys in hopefully a lot less dramatic way by giving you the truth about what it takes to be successful long-term in real estate and hopefully helping you avoid all this Mickey Mouse that's come out since really 2007, 2008. All those trends are coming to an end. It was predictable. It's happened before. Um, by the way, if you're looking for the perfect Christmas gift for your um, real estate friends, 
go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble or really any other bookseller and uh, buy our book, Harris Rules. We've, you know, it's got, what, 335, 355-star reviews on Amazon. Barnes & Noble sold out of it, but do consider getting Harris Rules. Uh, share it with everyone you know. <laughs> you know. There's a great Christmas gift idea for all of you. Oh, and by the way, the book is in a festive shade of green, appropriate for the holidays. All right, guys, so in the meantime, if you need us for anything, remember, you can always text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206, and we look forward to talking with you tomorrow on the podcast. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.